Hello and welcome to Expired XP, a podcast by Twitchy Max and Useless Viking. In return for listening to this podcast, we promise to introduce you to old games that are new to you, introduce you to some facts, and hopefully entertain you along the way. We will also throw in a healthy dose of nostalgia, which has been proven by science to be good for you. Every week, we talk about past games from across the eons, all the way back to the dawn of time, the 1970s. We'll interview guests from the industry and explore what inspired them to get into games. Useless Viking and I will talk about our own experiences and we'll have fun along the way. At some point, we might get some listeners, and if we do, we'll take on your suggestions to talk about your games. Welcome to the Twitchy Max and Useless Viking podcast. So, Useless Viking, how has your week of gaming been? What have you been doing? What has my game- week of gaming? That's a really interesting one. So, Can you look at the mic, please? Um, when you talk. So I can, but I'm thinking right now. Okay. You're increasing my editing effort. <laughs> I'm trying to. You know what? I've just started playing a game that I wasn't that sure of, but it's turned out to be... I'll show you I'll show you the game later on. It is actually pretty... I think it's pretty cool. I think I'm going to enjoy it. It's a bit weird. The controls are a little bit weird. The menu system's a bit mm. weird, but the world is really immersive, like massively immersive. And it's called The Ascent. And it's like... I a, think I've heard of that. It's kind of like a top-down, almost like a Diablo-styled cyberpunk Right. It looks exactly like a cyberpunk world. It's got the the kind of music, which is very synth-heavy, you know, kind of goes with the neon lights. Is it a top-down Blade, Blade Runner. Runner feel? Yeah, yeah. Ah, that's what I thought and, you were going to say, it, yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's a Blade Runner cyberpunk kind of world, and it is cool. It's really good. It's mm. The world building is great. I find getting into the story is a bit complex, and it feels a little bit overwhelming at times. Mm. I'm not 100% sure about how they've done the menu options and stuff. It's kind of, I guess... Do you know what's going on, though? If you do a day's work, I know it's tough for you, but you do a day's work. Yeah. And then you come back to the game. Can you remember what's going on? Oh, yeah, it's not... Because for me, that's a key test of a game. Well, it's not... Because it's not... I mean, it's kind of very light rpg so it has some sort of like side quests and quests that you do and stuff, but it's not like it's not like one of those worlds where it's going to have a massive consequence on the gameplay, whether or not you do or dunk them or do them, mm. or if you're good or bad or anything like that. There's no there's no kind of choices that way. You you kind of talk to people. It doesn't really make them react to you differently. You can say any of the things, and it doesn't. It's not like a a, a speech tree, you know, where kind of you say one thing and then you only get a selection after that, depending on what you said to say next or. You know, mm. it, you can always say anything you want to the characters. Yeah. And even if you say all the things, it doesn't change how they A bit like in Monkey Island. Yeah, yeah. You can say whatever you like. But yeah, you can not, say whatever you like. It's not, not going gonna, gonna, it's, it's it's to gonna, steer the, the game in any mm. significant direction. You can say whatever you want. There's less pirate fighting in this game. But um, very much a beautiful game with some solid combat <laughs> kind of taste so far that I've seen. A little bit wonky controls when you're shooting and stuff, but I'm getting over it. But I do love the world. The world is super rich, really detailed. What does it look like? It does look it does look like cyberpunk or Blade Runner. Mm. Uh, it's dirty, nitty gritty. There are alien creatures. There are uh, humanoids. Uh, it's in this massive kind of platform or kind of almost like a planet-like sized sphere or something. I'm not entirely sure, but it's. Uh, it's got depth to it so you can kind of see further levels down below which again is very much that kind of cyberpunk Blade Runner concept of people who live above and people who live below it's very much driven by that very atmospheric 
cool game. So I've been I've been putting some hours into that. Definitely Fortnite. We always play Fortnite. Mm. We've got a new one of my new buddies in. It's one of the things that uh, I've been excited about before. Is always when we get one of our mm. kind of friends to join in. So now we're a group of five of us or something. I think actively. I think that's going to be problematic at some point because we'll all log on and we'll have to ditch someone. Well, so and I hope it's not me. Well, it might well be. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to prejudge anything, but. No, but there is creative could mode. Could be you. It could be creative mode that we play instead. Ah, oh, screw that. So in creative mode, you can be more people. Yeah, and you yeah, and you, you have to create stuff. No, no, no. You play it on on uh, maps that people have created. Oh. So create, creative mode is actually pretty cool. So there are some oh, amazing. Yeah. I, uh, I I would be up for that. Yeah. I don't want to try and create something. Though. No, no. So what we would do is we just need to Google what are some of the best creative mode maps that exist, and then. Once we have like five yeah. of us or six of us, then we can actually go and play creative mode. You can play more people than you can in Battle Royale. Mm. So that's how we solve it. And I think that will work for those evenings. I mean, that's yeah. realistically... Though, Unlikely going to happen, right? Yeah. Because we never get a full squad. No. I mean, the, we've had it very... Definitely it's been the exception to the rule yeah. has been a full squad. Mm. But I mean, Think about it though. How many times have we played a full squad? I think it's been like probably three two or times. Three. Yeah. Yeah, and, Out we, of, and we and how often do you I and I know, play a week together? I don't know, four or five. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean it's unlikely, right? So I think we're going to be fine. Mm. Chris seems to have caught the bug. I think Tom has as well to a certain degree. Mm. Marcus is usually quite reliable during the week. At yeah, some he is, point, yeah. you know, yeah. one or two points during the He's week. He's good for a couple of hours on a yeah. Thursday night. Yeah, totally. And and you and, and so I that gives us that match, and we just love it. Like it's just, I just love catching up with my mates. We get to talk. We talk about. We still talk about work. And I mean, it's really no, weird. No, not really. Not really. No, we do though. We check in how people are doing, what's happened. Yeah. You know, are you are you happy at work? Yeah. What's going on? So it's, there's a there's the social check in. Yeah, there's a social there's a social check in. Mm. But when, oh, we don't talk when about... stuff's going down and there's a, <laughs> yeah. a random crystal that we've got to bash. Actually, we just get on with it. To be fair, we? that's probably when we do talk about. Yeah, because that's the because that's most the most boring, boring part of the yeah in the game in the yeah. game. But if yeah. it's a full-on showdown in somebody's building and we know that that person is really likely to kill yeah. us, we don't talk about yeah. how you're feeling right now. But it's good. I love it. You, you know how I know that we're quite tight in, our, in the way that we co-op, as in the wider group? Yeah. We share weapons. Yeah, we do. And we share health and we share shield. Yeah. And, you know, that's important. Be, and, and to be fair, I think that's a growth curve. <laughs> Because, well, that's because we've learned the buttons to press yeah, this is in order true. to share stuff. That is the And learned that you can share stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love it when someone uh, says, oh, I need some health. And I'm like, okay, um, I've got some health. How do I... How Pete, do I, what's the button? Yeah, how do I... How do I, how do how I, I throw it? How do I give someone health? And, and I must have thrown health or shield to people 100 times. Every time I still have to ask you yeah. what's the button. yeah. And how, do I and how would you know that? Because I play on keyboard and mouse and you play on controller. Yeah. And yet you still know. Well, because I can tell you without... T- I can say you aim. Yeah. Like, I'll be like, oh, you do you do this thing. So do it the same way as this. Or mm. try to do it that way. And try to mimic. And then it, and then you can kind of figure out, oh, he means this command. Oh, you need mm. to go up to the menu where the weapons are to do it. Yeah. And you kind of know how to do that. And from there you can figure it mm. out. But yeah, it is quite funny that you're on mouse, mouse and keyboard mm. and I'm trying to give you those. We, we should probably delve into the whole mice and keyboard versus keyboard uh, versus controller, controller thing. Oh, 100%. All of those things need to be discussed. It's a smorgasbord of trouble, that. Oh, is it ever? I mean, yeah. this is what I love about us, though, as a gaming collective, our friends, is 
We've got PC gamers. Mm. We've got uh, Xbox. Xbox. We've got PlayStation mm. gamers. We did have Switch gamers. Mm. We do have Switch gamers That's as well. a big age group. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Mm. I think you and I are at the top. <laughs> I'm at the top. You're at the top. This You're is true. A year me and Marcus me. Are, are behind you. Not far Only behind. Only just though, yeah. Not far behind. Yeah. And then I think it takes a bit of a plunge. <laughs> by like 10 years or something. Yeah. That's fine. That's all. And then there's Glitzy Jesus who's... Oh, like, Glitzy Jesus 420. Yeah. Give a shout out to my bro Jamie. He's 10. Yeah, he's 10. Yeah. So we've got between <laughs> 10 and 44. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good spread is what I like it to is, call yeah. it. It is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would be a bit worried. Is he 10? I thought he was older than 10. No. No, he's 10. No, because I think, so, his older sister just turned 13. Okay. Do you know what's going to happen soon? What? Zach's going to join. Yeah, I'm yeah. up for that. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you he's will. He's too be. young Some now, of the conversations in a few years it'll happen. Yeah. yeah. I think it is funny, though, because we do moderate ourselves immediately. Like, like without even thinking about it. I think we still swear a little bit. No, no, Jen's no, we, we don't. You moderate yourself, because you swear a lot. I yeah. don't swear, because... I, I don't swear. You never swear. I'm I'm an honourable man, um, so I don't really have to moderate my behaviour. No, true. But um, being rickrolled by, uh, I yeah. think the only time I was close to swearing was when he was rickrolling me because he knows that I hate. Yeah, that was sleep. good though. The fact that we told him it was him quite that, funny. Yeah, it was great because he knew that that was put, you should push your buttons. So yeah. the fact that a ten year old can go, this is going to push his buttons is great. Yeah, that's so. the closest I've got to rage quitting in about ten years. <laughs> Well, this is the thing is though that'll just egg him on, so I'm gonna edit that out. Yeah, this is because <laughs> because he's gonna do it again. Yeah, no, because he loves true. the reaction. Yeah, right? no, that's that's true. But yeah, yeah. so it was a good week. The ascent is cool. I like it. I got it through Xbox Game Pass, which we will definitely cover in an episode. The value for um, money that yeah. is Xbox Game Pass because it's actually what crazy. we should talk about is how to get the best value out of all this stuff. Yeah, because there's a whole load of value in that Game Pass. Yeah. There is. Not so much on PlayStation. No. Apple Arcade, loads of value in there, though. Yeah. And th- there's some stuff that we should talk about. I think that's almost an episode yeah. just about the different platforms you yeah. can you can get for your, your gaming pleasures. But let's move on to our featured story for today. So, look, so I've, I've, got, to, I've got to talk about this game. And it's really funny. It's... I know it's not the game you might think it is because I've talked about one game quite a lot, which I'm not ready to talk about yet because it's amazing, but I just don't want to talk about it yet. You want to do a proper job of that one? I want to do a proper job of that one. Proper job. I want to do a proper job of this one as well, though. And it's and it's interesting. It's not so much just the game. It is everything this game spawned after Ooh. it. it now, there's spawned, a claim. There it, is a claim. It is a claim. And I'll tell you why. Because it spawned a, a game, kind of a game engine production system. It spawned an entire category of types of games. Okay. It spawned a lot of system decisions on how you played this specific type of game from then on. Mm-hmm. It spawned dialogue-driven, funny, 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 funny genre of games and it elevated one gaming studio, I think, to the top of the pile as being one of their first... It was their absolute first self-published game. Mm. And I think they did all of that really well. I'm going to play the intro music for, for the game. And, and we'll see if, if, if people know. I, I'm assuming people know which one I'm talking about by now. But
What, what kind of game does it sound? I mean, I, I can't uh, say what kind it, of game it feels it's, like. It's but. hard. I mean, I, I love the music, actually. I was kind of like, when you first start playing, it's like, I have no idea what that is. And then there was a little bit of melody in there that yeah. I kind of vaguely recognised. It kind of put con- a smile on my face. It does continue with that kind of beat. So I'm going to bring you to a year that we've talked about previously, potentially. We've talked about it previously. I'm assuming we're going to have talked about it previously because it's. I think it's a prolific year in, game, in gaming. I'm going to bring you to 1987. Ooh, yeah. okay. And and we've talked about 1987 before as this year of... Look, there's, there's a lot of stuff that happened in 1987. You've got everything from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on TV. You've got Full House. You've got Married with Children. You have 21 Jump Street. So yeah. if you're into any of those things as a kid, that was an amazing year to be alive. Uh, one of your favorite movies ever, ever obviously Predator. Yeah. Uh, we're Robo- not talking about Legend of Zelda here, though, are we? Robocop. No, we're not. We're no. not, we're not. We are talking here about... It's by its absence. It would be very weird if I did, considering that... You, you don't like Zelda. Well, it wasn't a C64 game, was yeah, it? Yeah, it wasn't a C64 game, but I, I do and struggle I that you any. don't like Zelda. And I, <laughs> you do. <laughs> I just think they're lame. No, that's not it. I just get bored with them. But it is Maniac Mansion. And if you haven't heard of Maniac Mansion... I have heard of it. Um, it rings a bell. It but is... a very, very faint bell in the distance covered in fog. <laughs> Yeah, so look, so Maniac Mansion. I get the I get the whole uh, covered in fog thing because it's not. Um, it, look, it's a big title in its own right, but what it actually created afterwards is monumental. And I'm not downplaying. You know, I'm I'm not uh, playing this up at all. Mm. It, it's a game that was developed by a guy called Ron Gilbert and Gary Winnick. And okay. Ron Gilbert is he is Monkey Island. He is Lucas Arts alumni. Okay, yeah, Lucas so, Arts alumni. Yeah. And the first game that they did that they really decided to make as an adventure game was Maniac Mansion. And it came out in 1987, like I said before, but it was conceived in 1985. So they actually took two years on this game. And the whole point was they wanted to make something that was a comedic take on a, a B-movie slasher kind okay. of movie style. And him... so, so two years, though, um, that's not unusual for a game nowadays. No. But back then in a fledgling industry... Yeah. To take that long over a computer game yeah. was crazy. Absolutely. And, and, and the thing was, there was a lot of resistance to the time they took. Mm. Because they also, during this period, created... And you might have seen this pop up. It was definitely something that popped up in pretty much every LucasArts game, adventure game at the time, which was that it was powered by Scum. And Scum is basically the game engine that they created specifically for Maniac Mansion. Right. But it also became a procedural way of dealing with creating really easy ways of, of, I guess, dialogue. And it was a programming language that basically allowed the designers to create locations and items and dialogue sequences without writing code. So maybe super simple. It was called Scum, which is script creation utility for Maniac Mansion. So it was literally for Maniac Mansion, but Scum then became the language that LucasArts Mm. used for pretty much everything they developed. And that in itself, to me, is just absolutely insane. Like, so outstanding. Mm. And out of those two years that it took before they launched a game, one year was to build the engine. Wow. One year. So they must have had a long-term business plan for that. Because you do not spend a year creating something to create something else. I don't know. Unless you have a plan. Potentially. But I also feel like the 80s were more like people were willing to give people a go. Mm. You know, they talk about that there are periods of times where that that thing could only have happened in that time period. Lord of the Rings could only have happened, the movies could only have happened when they did. Because at that stage, people were a little bit more like, we'll take a risk, we'll punt, we'll take a punt here on a $150 million investment in Lord of the Rings and see if it pans out or not. Mm. 
Whereas today, you know, Netflix will cancel a season, like a show that they were planning to put money into after one season because it didn't perform exactly the way they wanted to. Yeah. And I think it was the same. Maybe companies were a little bit more willing to see what people could create. It's that investor mindset where you're willing to take yes. risks to do something instead of an industry that's completely mature. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's take a risk. Let's take a punt mm. and see where we can go. And LucasArts was, uh, it was their first ever self-published game. So mm. that is very cool as well. Yeah. They developed it and then they published it themselves. Mm. And I mean, George Lucas, I don't agree with a lot of stuff he's done. He, he wasn't short of cash though. It's he not wasn't short that of cash. risky for Mr. George Lucas. It wasn't, he wasn't short of cash. Not only that. What year was this? Uh, 1987. 1987. So this was post-Star Wars, post-Indiana Jones. And he was... He was meant Industrial to, Light well, and it, Magic would have been making up... He had Skywalker Ranch. Put it that yeah, way. Yeah. So the guys actually... And there's so many cool tidbits about this game. But one of the tidbits is that they actually worked on... I think it was called the Stable Mansion or the Stable House at Skywalker Ranch when they built it. And they actually okay. built a lot of the rooms are apparently... And the layout of the house is, is similar to the Stable Mansion that they lived in on Skywalker Ranch. So they actually <laughs> made it resemble yeah. the place they were working from which That's i find cool. fascinating must have been a cool inspiring house absolutely yeah. absolutely and i mean to be able to try to recreate that in a computer game is amazing back, back then i mean now you could do that in i don't know an hour yeah totally uh, online yeah and not download any software back then yeah that's amazing and and it's i find every part of the process interesting so really cool that they wanted this to be like a hacker slasher movie but a game mm. and the riff you know we, we we talk about a lot of games that we talk about have been a first for some reason and this did a few things for the first time one was instead of writing down because i think ron gilbert had seen something like king's quest 5 mm. which was out and it was an adventure game. And they were still writing sentences to kind of go places. And you have to have keywords and stuff yeah. like that. So they came up with a system of like, well, why couldn't we shorthand it? Why couldn't we just give people commands that they can click and select on and then click the, click the item that they want to do it to, mm. to interact with that item? Okay. And yeah. that hadn't been done previously. Mm. And in the beginning, they started with something like 40 commands that they wanted, okay. that people were meant to interact with. And then they, and this this as a, as a kind of user experience design person, I love this, they whittled it down to 12. And I'm like, it makes a lot more sense. Makes a lot more sense. Because I can tell you right now from replaying the game that 12 is overwhelming. Yeah. Like there is some there that you go on and go, this doesn't need to be a, like there's an open and there's a use. So why do you need unlock? Because yeah. you can use open to open a door or you could use use key to open door. Why yeah. do you need to have use key to unlock door is an unnecessary command, right? Yeah. And there are quite a few of those, like okay. fix is also a command that just doesn't feel like it needs to be there. Uh, you could use use X with Y or whatever mm. rather than it. At least they went from 40 to 12. But I think that was also because they were so excited because they came up with the idea that yeah. they wanted to include like enough breadth yeah. in it. But the plot is great. So the plot is basically, and the, and the follow-up game was called Day of the Tentacle. So that's a more Ooh, fa I have famous heard game. Of Day of the Tentacle. Yeah. yeah. So Day of the Tentacle is the more yeah. famous of the two games, but uh, arguably Maniac Mansion was the one that started it all. And the plot is basically you play as a protagonist called Dave Miller, and he's attempting to rescue his girlfriend called Sandy Pants. Right. Okay. Yep. From a mad so, scientist. So this is. So when was this? Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. Okay. So this is. Well, it's been, it's actually really funny. Yeah, yeah. well, it's been... Sandy Pants. It, it's Sandy Pants is a great okay. name. But it has been lauded because 
you don't place one character, you place three. You can select them out of a stable of, I think it's seven. So you're basically picking three characters to play the game with that have different skill sets, Mm. And it actually dynamically changes what clues are in the game based on which characters you choose, oh, okay. which is cool. Yeah. And the solutions differ depending on which combination of characters you choose to play with as well, which okay. is really cool. Mm. But it was lauded because three of the characters were female. Ah. And there hadn't actually been a lot of female protagonists. So yes, you play as okay. Dave as the main guy, but there were female characters that you could choose to play with as well. Okay. And so, were they worthy characters though? Totally, absolutely. Or were they just token slash... No, they Smash are. So everyone has the opportunity to survive the game, and okay. everybody can con uh, contribute to the su success of okay, cool. you know winning the game. The event. Right. Uh, it is an adventure game. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt then. Yeah, totally. And I don't think I think the point is also don't forget that they were trying to ape or mimic or make fun of the slasher genre, mm. which was very much yeah. boy saves girl. So they had to have a ridiculous name. Yeah, Their I premise so, yeah. had to be ridiculous because they're making fun of a genre. And it is a comedy game. Okay. Like, none of the stuff you do in the game is serious. You know, you've got mm. a mad, mad scientist who's lobotomizing people who is mates with these tentacles mm. that have arrived through a meteor. I mean, it's just it's an absurd plot. The, okay. the, the plot is completely absurd. It, it doesn't make any sense. But I think that was kind of part of the whole gimmick of the game. Mm. It is... And I've, I've, I've tried to... I've been playing it for the for a couple of hours and agonizingly hard. Like, one thing that Ron Gilbert said about this game... So he went on to do Monkey Island and the... Uh, I want to say he... I don't think he did Indiana Jones and The Fate of Atlantis, but he's been involved with a lot of the story games for LucasArts okay. yeah. since Maniac Mansion. I'm pretty sure Days of Tentacle was Ron Gilbert as well. I guess you could argue that it's it's it's... It kind of set up an entire era of adventure games that we just wouldn't have seen if it wasn't for the fact that he had created this system to do this. So mm. the fact that he created Scum, which then became the foundation for a lot of Lucas games that came after that, and, and also made that you it made it easy for them to make it cross-platform. So it was one of the first tools that developers could use to make porting, porting games mm. really simply by yeah. using Scum into other platforms. Mm. So technology-wise, huge. The fact that you could choose different characters, you played all three of them, you had to pick and, and kind of move them around, huge. Mm -hmm. And one of uh, Ron Gilbert's pet peeves was that they were, and even though he accidentally did this in the game, but his pet peeve with playing things like King's Quest was that you could pick up an item and it was like you picked up the mirror and you died. And he was like, that's just not realistic. You shouldn't be able to just pick up a mirror and then die. That's not fun in a game. He mm. was very some very much somebody who believed in the ability for you to get the chance to solve the problems without it having massive consequences in the game. So yeah. he was an anti-death in games person. Right. Okay. But... How does that work when you're trying to spoof a slasher film? <laughs> yeah, well, so, so the, some of the characters are still dispensable and you can then go back and pick other ones if they die... You can use oh, other ones quite, out of the roster. That's quite a good dynamic. Yeah. yeah. Also, the other way that he, he he set it up to be a game where there were multiple solutions to the problems. Mm. So he really wanted people to solve it. But unfortunately, the game is well known for having several dead ends. Oh. So you can literally n pick up an item or give an item in the wrong order or, or do something stuck. like that and get completely stuck and not be able to complete it. Okay, yeah. But ironically, he loves that. So he thinks... So Ron Gilbert, who's done all these amazing games, like all the Monkey Island series and all of that, still sees Maniac Mansion as his as kind of like his pinnacle. 
because of the fact that it wasn't perfect, because it mm. was flawed, because it got rushed, yeah. um, because they had to cut a lot of the stuff out that they wanted to do on top of what they got to deliver. But it is an amazing click, click point adventure game. It's got a great sense of humor. It's got great graphics for the time. And the fact that you can switch between these three characters kind of dynamically, there's a little bit of loading going on if they're not on the same screen. Mm. The fact that there's all these different funny, stupid puzzles that you have to solve. It was so wacky. The next game I think that they did after that was Zack McCracken. And to your point about weird names, you know, Maniac Mansion, Zack McCracken and the alien brain eaters or whatever the hell it was called, yeah. you know. It, it was a time of quite colourful gaming. So, look, Maniac Mansion has to be one of the best Commodore 64 games ever made. I'd say I'm going to put my hand up and say I think it's probably one of the best ones. Okay, so I'm going to play that on an emulator then. Because I've never played that before. But it seems like quite a historical game. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and if nothing else, playing it for a bit and then playing Day of the Tentacle, which is probably one of the best mm. in its genre, would yeah. be worth it. So I'd never played Day of the Tentacle, but as soon as you said it, I was like, ah, yes, that yeah. is a name. And, that is and, a name I recognise. Yeah, and it's, it's playing it as a kid. So what I remember about playing this as a kid, because that's probably a good note as well, is... I remember me and my mate playing this and thinking that it was just one of those kind of King's Quest adventure games and then realizing how different it was. Mm. The fact that the puzzles were fun, not serious. And then quite as soon as you see a green tentacle jumping up and down, you kind of go, okay, well, yeah, clearly this game doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah. And understanding that it had a sense of humor and that there were ways of solving the puzzle that I'd never had thought of before. Mm. Outstanding. I said it before, 1987, great game year, great movie year, great TV show yeah mm. and and the start of lucas arts i'd say like yeah. literally the start of lucas arts their first massive title that came out and set them on the track to become the company that they've become as well fantastic well let's check it out i hope you enjoyed that next time on expired xp we're going to have our regular Fortnite talk and our featured game is the four-player arcade classic teenage mutant ninja turtles if you enjoyed this episode please let us know by leaving us a review you can follow TwitchyMax and UselessViking on Instagram or contact us at the Expired XP website. We would really love to hear from you. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Turtle Power. <laughs>